0: Hello, and thank you for joining us again on Into the Prey. We've got a quick favour to ask you guys before listening to this week's episode. We want to ask you to go ahead to rate and review Into the Prey so that we can lift the level of what we're doing further. Visibility in the podcast charts would help with that massively. It would also help to address the imbalance where folk can often be very specific and more than willing to leave reviews or so-called reviews when they're not happy with what we're doing. So there are, we believe a vast majority of you who are happy and appreciative and grateful It'd be very good to convert that into rates and reviews that give us a more reflective presence in the podcast chart. So if you go ahead and do that, we've also got a new Patreon page. If you want to become one of our patrons stroke supporters, please do follow that link, look at the information and consider doing that as well. Thanks again for listening and please do feel free to use the contact page to drop us a line with any questions, thoughts or reflections. The devil wants that. On the one half is the blessing camp, and on the other half is the repent camp. That's what the devil wants, okay, and that is what's happening. But actually, it comes back to this misunderstanding of what it means to to know and worship and love a good God. Is that the blessing is the repentance. God, for all intents and purposes, needn't be there. And we need to recapture a sense of the goodness of God the greatness of God, the majesty of God. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Into the Prayer, our Wednesday session, Breaching the Chaos of the Church. Normally, we'd be with Dave Brennan Esquire. He's not here today. Um, We're just doing a little follow-up session on this blog article that we've got here for you to see. This is a piece that you may or may not have read. It will take you half an hour, probably, to read it and absorb it. Um an open letter to the church, is your church faithful? And then subtitled the instruction of 2 Timothy in assessing the faithfulness of our churches. So what we're talking about is assessing the faithfulness of our churches, Mm -hmm. which isn't an easy thing to do um, because some people may take the view, well, what's that got to do with you? Well, it's got everything to do with us Mm -hmm. because... We're not people of a church. We're not people of a denomination. We're people of the kingdom. And if we hear false theology, false teaching, either to ourselves or to other people, it's a serious thing, isn't it?
1: Yeah, and i I think if we aren't, if we don't think that's important, then there's an issue. Yeah, because what each of us, like as you've been going through in the Book of 1 Corinthians. Um, we're part of the body. We're not individuals in that sense. We are part of the body of Christ. And if part of the body is not well, then that has an effect on the rest
0: of on us. On all of us. Yeah, that's yeah. one of the things that we go into in, in the actual piece. Just to make the point to everybody, um, this is this is our work. This is well, Mary has the delight of um, being a secondary school teacher <laughs> in Edinburgh but this is the work that i do full time and as such i try and use the, the time wisely when it comes to written pieces sometimes they need several days to and this this is a this is a case in point this article took a couple of days and it's to get get the reason it takes a couple of days or probably longer would be to get it so that it's con- as concise as possible while not kind of scrimping on what needs to be said um so please take the time to go and read it um as i say it takes a long time and it's with this context in mind of folk being in churches that, that mm-hmm. basically aren't faithful. They're, they're teaching stuff that is not true. Now, that's not to make the judgment call, well, these people aren't saved or these aren't people aren't Christians. We would never presume to go into a conversation like that. But when you read the article, you'll understand from reading 2 Timothy that it is right to be able to make to assess whether what is being taught is true or not. Mm-hmm. That was the whole point yeah. of why Paul would write to Timothy while in prison. So these, this is the kind of summarised focus of the letter of 2 Timothy. Again, his last, Paul's last writing to the church is very significant. These five points, these five what I've called precise priorities in microcosm, which is what we see in this book. And we kind of started this year... And now we're finishing it with the same thing. Yeah. Isn't it? It's weird. Mm-hmm.
1: It is. It's. is. We've gone, I don't want to say full circle because that's not the right term to use in the sense that God has worked through it and we have. he's shown us things in the course of the year. But it is quite funny that this time last year we had a very specific experience that then mm-hmm. kind of took us down a path essentially of thinking a lot about um, different denominations and different thinkings that eventually led to the the film mm-hmm. of last year and... Of this year.
0: This year, sorry. <laughs> Wherever the year's gone. <laughs>
1: Wherever we are.
0: <laughs> so it's it's the process where something happens and I'm just going to adjust my microphone one second. And there's a sense of being overwhelmed. hmm that's an important thing, because I think many people will be overwhelmed with what's going on in the in the world and in the church mm. um, that's not necessarily a bad thing that's an important thing to hear um, often I think folk continue going through the motions, going to the same church, listening to the same teaching because there is bizarrely a comfort in it yeah it's like the 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 instance of abusive relationships. Mm-hmm. why is it that one abused person Struggles to get out of an abusive relationship because there is some twisted way of thinking where there is a comfort in that for some people, isn't that? It's a comfort zone, and people struggle to get out of abusive relationships.
1: Yeah, I guess also fear. Fear, fear is a big part of it as well.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: You know where people are scared <laughs> scared to leave. I think that's probably. <laughs> we, we weren't planning on talking about <laughs>
0: abusive relationships, but the but the but the point being that you can you can think that it's right to avoid being overwhelmed or right to, to avoid being distressed and actually that could well be and in our experience has been exactly what God has done mm-hmm. he did that to, to us at the end of 2020 the year that the church is closed um, and then he's done it again at the, at the kind of end of this year as well through an incident that I go to I go, I go into in this blog anonymously um, so I'd encourage you to go, go ahead and read that um, in its entirety, it'll take you half an hour um, and then some time praying about it. But we wanted just to give a follow up to that today, didn't we? To explain where this 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 kind of question of assessing the churches that folk are going to. And at this time, why that's so important. Why it's so important was because Paul's Paul's burden in this piece is that people were being spun a lie people were people were being taught stuff in the name of Jesus that was not that was not true mm-hmm. and the kind of language of Paul and other parts of the New Testament is you know it shipwrecks certain people shipwrecked their faith mm-hmm. um, so I don't know I, I just was wanting us to talk around that a little bit today mm-hmm. um, you know why, why is this so important you know at this point
1: Yeah, well, I I think a big part of it is essentially the context that we're living in at the moment. If we have to look at the world around us and evaluate what's happening and what God is doing in this time. Mm -hmm. So looking at the church is essential, you know, especially when you think of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. What is God doing through Mm -hmm. that? And we, we have a feeling of we believe that God is using it to prepare his people to shake his people up to to get us ready basically and to to hear him mm-hmm. and in order to do that we have to be willing to mm-hmm. to evaluate where we are yeah. we have to be willing to critique things and to um I heard actually somebody speaking this week about uh, deconstructing but not not in the way that we know it, in terms of people deconstructing their faith, but deconstructing in a positive sense the things that shouldn't be there, basically
0: mm-hmm. giving attention to things that are just basically should be cut away yeah yeah that and that's one of the points that we're having a chat here to each other, but we're also trying to you know engage with you guys as well whilst working in an exceptionally small space um there There are some things that need to, can be. Deconstructed. We're not talking about deconstruction. We've never it through our, throughout. There's a difference between disruption and deconstruction, yeah. isn't there? Mm-hmm. We've been. I was talking about this on the vlog earlier. We've been massively disrupted ourselves over the last however many years, um, last two or three years particularly since releasing. Well, before Body Zero came out, there was a disruption that led to that. Um, but this whole thing of deconstruction some things basically don't need to be deconstructed some things just need to be cut away yeah some mm-hmm. things need to be cut away and that's the whole point of 2 Timothy where he talks about get the gangrene mm-hmm. that spreads through false teaching now let's maybe let let's just keep this really brief today i hope that this podcast draws attention to the to this blog piece and again please share it for us again this is work you know the lord has meant has has meant this to you know he's given us the way of this being done so this isn't just the, it, it's important for this to be shared it's important for people to look at this is what is what I'm trying to say so please do check it out and share it but the the example that we won't go into the example that happened a year ago we, we, no, you've we've done, that, done that, th- that through the IVF mm-hmm. stuff and if you're interested in knowing specifically what that place of being overwhelmed was you can go and find that in the podcasts with Dave to do with IVF but this this year at the end of this year rather that that pre it was a precursor to this piece Um, was an example. And this is where it becomes more tricky because we're not talking about, we do sometimes talk about wolves in sheep's clothing. Mm. You know, I I refer to Jesse Duplantis in the, in the church to great Britain vlog, which is coming out on Sunday, you know, saying that the reason that Jesus hasn't come back yet is because people haven't given enough money. And Mm -hmm. Hey, Hey, here, listen, here's, here's a number phone, this number, give some more money and Jesus will come back. You know, that that's an example that, of a wolf in mm. sheep's clothing. Very easy to identify. You have to be, wilf- I think you have to be willfully.
1: Deceptive.
0: Yeah, almost willfully deceived mm-hmm. to go along with that. What we're talking about today is actually something quite different. Again, this is what Sue Timothy is about. It's identifying these, these ravenous wolves from the guys who were also in error, but for which there was also hope. So, so in other words, they weren't the, the Jesse Duplantes of this world. In my opinion, well, I don't know. Maybe there is hope for Jesse, but, you know, some folk are just saying things like that that are so wide of the mark you just <laughs> yeah. think, is there hope for these guys? You know, phone, talk about phone a pizza, phone a saviour. It's like Jesus hasn't come back yet. Just phone, phone this number and yeah. donate and he'll come. It's mm-hmm. like Jesus is sat in heaven frustrated with his people because they haven't given enough money. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's sick. It it's just sick. We're talking rather about church leaders, teachers who are teaching, but who are in error. And they're not maybe necessarily in willful or, de- or de- deliberate error, but who are nonetheless teaching stuff that's not true, not right. And Paul says it's like gangrene. Mm. Now, if you don't know what gangrene is, gangrene will kill you. The example I give in the blog, which is that if you've got a gangrenous limb, you don't think, you don't spend a night thinking about it as to whether it needs to be amputated. It's just cut away mm-hmm. for the sake of your life. Um, and also,
1: gangrene is a good example because it's, it, it's it Paul's, starts it's Paul's, Paul's example, <laughs> yeah. but because it's it's very it starts small. Yeah. You know, it's like a small It spreads. And then it grows and then mm-hmm. it becomes life threatening. But mm-hmm. at the very start of it, mm-hmm. you can ignore it, you can kind of hope that it'll get better. You can you know, there's that sense in which you don't go from one day to the next uh-huh. suddenly being like, I need to cut my leg off. It yeah. happens over a period yeah, of yeah, yeah. time.
0: It's like to get to extend a physiological metaphor. There's this thing called neuropathy, which is typically what happens to diabetic people who have advanced diabetes and what happens at the end of there is they have this neuropathy is where the nerves don't, you can't feel, Mm. you can't feel whether you've burnt your hand or burnt your foot or something. And so it's like that. There's this, there are churches. I'm, I have no doubt up and down the country with pastors who aren't necessarily the devil incarnate deliberately trying to lead people astray, but who have themselves been led astray into a false Mm. theology a false teaching, false doctrine um, and it's spread, like you say, it's spread to the point where people are just unfeeling. Mm. They can't mm. discern truth from error.
1: And because I think usually what happens is as well, there's an intermingling of truthfulness with yeah with a, a a little bit of something that's not quite right and it's, sometimes it's not even that it's not fully right it's just like a misinterpretation mm-hmm. but then it's taken mm-hmm. to kind of an extreme which i think is the example we saw mm-hmm. last week mm-hmm.
0: let's which, give let's give that example then because this is this is fully anonymous but it's a church that you know like we heard this account of a pastor who'd prophesied at some point that there would be no there would be no covid in this church I'm 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 trying to resist the temptation to dissect this even further, but I'm just going to keep keep it simple. That there would be no COVID in this church, and lo and behold, there was COVID in this church. Mm-hmm. And people had asked quite understandably, "What's going on with that?" Mm-hmm. There's going to be no. I thought there was going to be no COVID in this church. The pastor himself got COVID, yeah. and was really unwell with it. And yet, there isn't a humility to actually accept. Maybe, maybe that wasn't a true prophecy. Um, but what happens is that Isaiah fifty-three-five is used, which is where the, the you know the famous verse referring prophetically to Jesus' suffering, and that his stripes, by his stripes, we would be healed. Mm-hmm and the, of course there's an ul, there's an ultimate reality and then there's a this is me paraphrasing there's an ultimate reality which is Isaiah 53:5 our current reality which is that the church in which we were prophesying would there would be no covid mm-hmm. there is covid people are suffering because of covid people have maybe nearly died maybe even have died because of covid and yet the ultimate reality that we just need to somehow appropriate is Isaiah 53 verse 5 which is that because of that we aren't we haven't got covid even though we actually do have COVID,
1: I mean it's crazy. Um, I want
0: I want to sp- I want to speak about this really strongly because it's so common and it's gangrenous. And the if my if the person in mind who you know is is watching this, they'll probably be really angry and upset. In one sense, I don't care because this is more important. It's mm-hmm. not just about that one incident. No, it's, it's about it's the, a
1: picture of yeah, yeah what's happening.
0: Yeah. It's the widespread nature of it. And I'd rather cause offence and upset, even for you guys listening today, I'd rather you be upset and offended with me than bite my tongue about something that I think is a matter Mm. of life or death. And I really do believe that if you believe that, if you believe prophecies that say things like, there's going to be no COVID in this church, COVID-19 in this church, then there is COVID-19 in this church. And then somehow we whip ourselves up. Through some kind of theological gymnastic to actually think, ah, oh, there's been there hasn't been any uh, COVID nineteen mm-hmm. in this church. Hallelujah! You know, I I'm, I just think you're in error. You, you it's it's gangrenous.
1: Well, it, it is deception because on two levels. Because first of all, you're saying something, and presumably you've you've said that prophecy. You've made it. You've decided, and you, I can under. I I think I imagine what has happened is that you've taken the kind of overall perspective that the church has taken about COVID and said it has nothing to do with God mm-hmm. and then applied yeah. it across the board. Mm-hmm. And that just goes to show that people in churches and leaders are not asking the important question. They're not asking what is God saying about something and they're, they're basically applying false understanding about what's happening in the world today mm-hmm. to suit their own needs in their own church.
0: Mm-hmm i think it's the extent to which we will resist the invitation of the holy spirit to bow in repentance and humility and even to the point of deflecting that narrative to somehow be we've we've idolized x y and z we've been guilty of x yeah. y and z rather than i have mm-hmm. i have idolized certain theologies i have idolized certain Celebrities, mm. traditions, upbringings, um, ethnic cultural influences—I've I've vital- vitalized mm-hmm. all of these things, yeah. which has resulted in a me me receiving certain things as truth when they're when they're palpably not, and secondly, then spreading it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's really important for, for guys to read this blog again. If you, w- I. <laughs> just read it because it's important to be able to do what Timothy was told to do, which is to recognize those who were just terminally ill, terminally deceived and terminally deceiving uh, from those who just need to be corrected. And this is the thing. We're not comfortable with correction. We're not comfortable with this type of content because it gets people's backs up. People feel offended and insulted and upset. And yeah, actually the, the Bible is talking about correction. Now, admittedly, it does say gent- gently correct, but I mean, gentle's relative, isn't it? I mean, the, Paul's example of a gangrenous limb—you don't gently amputate a, a gangrenous no you leg;
1: <laughs> you forcefully remove it. Yeah. 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 And I, and I also think that if if you're being thoughtful as a leader of people if you then have this scenario where you've as the person to have then got COVID, you know, and I say this to myself as to anybody, I want my, my understanding and my heart perspective to always to go to God and be like, what is it that I haven't seen? Mm -hmm. You know, what is it that I've got wrong? What is it that, you know, I've clearly said something that's not true. Mm -hmm. And, Having that, I think that you've just said about humility, Mm -hmm. having humility to, and that is correction. That could be the correction. Well, it is. To have have got COVID after having said that, that's then an opportunity Mm -hmm. to say, I got this wrong. And actually to then go to somebody and say to your people and say, I got this wrong, Mm-hmm. That's what's needed to be done because then the gangrene doesn't spread. Mm-hmm. You're then people are then able to distinguish between what is a true prophecy and what is a false one mm-hmm. rather than mm-hmm. twisting scripture to then make your prophecy sound true when it's not. That's right. Yeah. And then what happens is you have a room full of people who instead of just being able to say this is right and this is wrong, you end up with a room full of people who are basically saying I really don't know how to identify What's right and what's wrong, and that then repeats itself. You have people misusing the Bible to say things to defend their position, rather than just being able to say, "I was wrong."
0: This, I want, I want. I'm just sorry. I was listening to you. Absolutely, <laughs> the correct the correction is there of the Holy. Remember, it's the Holy Spirit that's doing the correcting, yeah. and I, I do think that he's it's a ministry that he's. He's working overtime. I feel like he's working overtime to show the church what needs to be corrected. It's not a, in that sense, it's it's a mercy yeah. a, of judgment. Um it, it's it's a work of the Holy Spirit, isn't it? It's not even preeminent, it's not like it was mainly Paul's job or Timothy's job or church leaders' jobs no. today to correct. God will use individuals to mm-hmm. do that for sure. I think I think that's what the true prophetic actually is yeah. quite a lot of the time, if not all the time but it's the it's the spirit of god who's doing the correcting yeah. um i wanted just to i wanted just to address this issue um before we close to do with healing because of course we we believe in the in the gifts of the spirit 100 we believe in the charisms 100 we believe that god heals today um and we should pray and believe that god will heal but i want to show you this from Scripture. Um, as to what this issue is. And the example you just gave there of what this pastor should have done, having falsely prophesied, Mm -hmm. should have been to repent publicly. Mm -hmm. In the Old Testament, you would have been stoned to death. Um Repent and and receive that as a, as a mercy. Yeah, that God is speaking and showing. And you, we talked earlier about deconstructing. Well, in a sense, I think some people probably do need to deconstruct what they believe about Absolutely. about key things like Absolutely. like healing. Let me just show you this. Let's just flick to the scripture. This is two Timothy four. Okay, so the last uh, chapter in this short book, and I want to just show you this verse here, which I think is a correct theology about this issue of healing. We're not trying to comprehensively cover this issue of healing in one podcast. We're just simply addressing the error. Um, Look at this verse here. Um, The Lord will rescue me from every evil deed and bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. This is Paul in prison, believing the God who gives gifts by his spirit, that God will heal him mm-hmm. that god will deliver him The god will look what it says the lord will rescue me from every evil deed and bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom he's not trying to appropriate the safety of the heavenly kingdom in a prison cell no. to the point where he's saying i'm not in prison i'm not in prison <laughs> you can't imprison me i'm the lord's anointed how dare you nero I rebuke you, Nero, in Jesus' name. Look, look what it says. Paul, Paul's hope is firmly fixed on the deliverance of future grace, the grace that that Jesus, the knowledge that He was with him by His side, by His Spirit. Of course, what beautiful healing assurance that is! But he's not he's not sat there spinning the truth of the gifts that the Spirit gives, including healing, mm-hmm. which is a you know if you read one Corinthians twelve, it's there. Um, gifts of healing but he's not trying to spin this this, do you know what I mean
1: yeah and essentially like if you're trying to do that it's because you think it's narcissism you think that some of this has something to do with you or fear and it's got nothing to do with any of us it's it's all what God gives us and that is going to look different for different people as with Paul
0: Look at this he's co- he's confident verse 17 2 Timothy 4 but the lord stood by me and strengthened me so paul is not suffering with an orphan spirit here or something or a legalistic orphan spirit um and that he's testifying that he had been a nu- numerous times yeah. <laughs> from the lion's mouth paul would have been walking around prior to his imprisonment bow legged the number of times he suffered um, Forty lashes minus one, I think it is. The suffering, the torture, and so on. Paul was not; he'd been delivered umpteen times, so his testimony was rich. But look, he's aware; he's he's showing an awareness of his stage of the race. To use mm. his language, running his race, um, fighting the good fight, and so on. He was aware that his time was; he'd been poured out like a drink offering, and that he was aware of what was mm. happening. Um. And, and it's, it's a clarion call for the church and for church leaders and pastors today to recognize the signs of the times that we're in. Mm-hmm. To say that you're, the, the church, you're not going to have any COVID, to have COVID and then carry on prophesying that is just willful arrogance. Yeah, it is. That has led the church into the place of chaos that we're in. So I think we've probably said enough. Um, I'd encourage you guys to read this book you know, obviously read the read the book as a priority over my blog, but the blog is there. Just go to firebrandnotes.com just click on writing, um, go to blog, and then this is Bass Rock, just 20 minutes away from where we live. Isn't it amazing? That's just a, a, an aside. Scroll down till you see this article here, an open letter to the church, click on it, and then maybe have your bible open read the bible read this and read it in, in in parallel but let's let's finish with prayer but i think this what we've experienced at the end of last year and the beginning or the beginning of this year and now the end of it is that he will lead us i believe if if your heart's cry above all things is to be faithful he'll lead us into disruption he'll, mm-hmm. he's led us into disruption he'll lead you into disruption and that state of being overwhelmed Distressed is not necessarily a bad thing. Disruption is not easy. It's not a walk in the park, and we are we are, we have to keep eternity in view. You know, we are talking about things of eternal importance, and at the end of the day, the language that Paul used of a gangrenous limb. Imagine imagine your leg being cut off. You'll never walk the same way again. You know, and I I think. There's a very profound sense in which if we heed the correction, the kind, merciful, patient, gentle, loving correction of the Spirit of God at this time, we won't ever walk the same again. Mm. We'll we'll be visibly, noticeably different to others, but to ourselves as well. Heavenly Father, we we just want to thank you for the forceful advancing of your kingdom and that you do invite us all to be violent spiritually, to, to be like John the Baptist, to lay hold of the kingdom of heaven that's forcefully advancing. And that picture of spiritual violence that Paul uses a gangrenous sick limb that wouldn't just die itself but cause the whole body to die. We thank you that there were faithful spiritual violence violent men in times gone by, and that today you would do the same, that you'd raise up men and women and children to be spiritually violent, to be able to stand for truth. And we do want to pray, don't we, for um, the church in question, the churches in question, the denominations in question, Mm -hmm. the streams, the, the celebrity leaders, Lord, only you know ultimately the difference between a wolf in sheep's clothing and a shepherd who is in error and the difference is profound the difference is eternal and infinite and so we we pray for mercy we pray for leaders but particularly those entrusted with teaching ministries to be able to humble themselves before you and that the fear of man would be broken in jesus name that any sense of failing or of personality or of persona or a reputation would fall to the ground Mm -hmm. and die and that there would be a heeding Of your correction unto peace, unto faithfulness and unto life, Mm. the life of their congregation and the wider body I pray Lord please do this for your name's sake Mm. in Jesus name, Amen
1: Mm. Father we thank you that you you do discipline those that you love Mm. and what an important verse to remember that your your correction is is for a good that you want us to grow in godliness and that you want us to grow in faithfulness. And Lord, we just pray, we pray that those who are listening who read be this book, who think about these things, Lord, that they would be given insight, mm. that they would be able to think through what your word says about faithfulness, what that should look like for our individual lives, but also for our corporate lives, Lord, and that we would be able to to apply these things, Lord, to have these conversations, to be brave, or it's Mm. needed to be brave. Lord, to be willing to confront things that are maybe not right or not truthful. Mm. Lord, and we just pray for your people everywhere, Mm. Lord, that you would, Lord, that you would just just give us insight, Lord. We need your help Mm. and we need your wisdom in these days, Lord, Mm. and Mm. that you would really help us in in individual places, in corporate places, Lord, that your body would be preparing, getting ready and that that would once again just be at the forefront of our minds and and what we're speaking about and what we're thinking about, Lord, that that mm. would be the most important thing, your return, Jesus, mm. and we pray these things in your name, mm. amen.
0: amen. Lord, I do do ask you, would you move in great power by your Spirit, Holy Spirit of God, we call upon you. In that sense, we join with you in calling for Jesus to come. Spirit and the bride say, come, Lord Jesus, but we pray especially that you would move precious Spirit of God in the context of our friends that we've discussed today, the churches that we love, the people that we love, Mm. and ask you to move in great power so as to bring your people to a true place of crisis that is also the place of uh, new birth and real life and real hope. Spirit of God, we ask you, please move and do what only you can do. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.